anytime we're going to worship God, we're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. That just means um, that you believe it. People are like, well, what does that mean? If I, am I worshiping in my head or my heart or my spirit man? Spirit man means that, that you believe it. You're doing it with your whole heart. You're connected. We're not making our grocery list at the same time because I don't know about you, but I can pray in tongues and make a grocery list at the same time. Like Paul said, if I pray in the spirit, my mind is unfruitful. So you can you know, drive down the, the road and pray in tongues or take a shower. So tongues, you can multitask. But when you're worshiping, you're, you're fully engaged. And this is not something that we're just uh, singing words on the screen. It's really, it's you, you're connected. It doesn't have to be words on the screen. It's also where the Bible speaks about speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So it's not something that has to be done in public. I know many people think that worship is only done, you know, as part of the the prelude to the preaching um, in public, but it's, it, we're worshipers, so we want to worship. Um, anytime you're talking to God, that is prayer. So if you want to know what is prayer, we're having a conversation with God. So when we're worshiping, we're talking to him, right? Whether we're praying uh, the prayer of agreement or the intercession, we're speaking to God. So these are all classified under prayer. Um, let's go to Acts 13.1. It's just our second scripture. And uh, there's many scriptures on this subject. I just like to teach only a few minutes, though, so we can actually pray. So this is one passage about the results of this type of prayer, prayer, praise, and worship. Verse 1, now in the church assembly at Antioch, there were prophets, inspired interpreters of the will and purposes of God, and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a member of the court of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said. So when did the Holy Spirit speak? While they were worshiping. worshiping. Now, they were fasting too, but fasting, again, does not move God. It just moves you towards God. It kind of helps you uh, buffet your body a little bit. So if you're needing uh, the Lord to speak, what would you maybe want to do? Worship, yeah, and even though you're, you're talking, worship puts you in a position of listening. It could be said, um, like I heard one minister say it, that uh, worship is a posture of humility, if you really mean it. Worship is a teachable posture you've taken. Uh, and so you, you're looking for God to speak. You're worshiping him, and then you might be quiet, uh, and then he's going to speak to you. How many of you have found that when we're here, what I call, anytime we're together in prayer or worship or the word, it's a, has a corporate anointing. How many of you have gotten answers for your own life during worship on a Sunday morning or Sunday night? Yeah, me most of the time on a Sunday morning. It just people um, more are here that want to be here. Uh, Sunday nights is generally more for the hungry rather than those that are coming obligatorily. So it, it tends to always rise to a little bit of a higher level. And also maybe because people more brought the sacrifice of praise, it felt like a sacrifice to give up your nap or whatever you were trying to do on a Sunday night. Uh, and so many times I'm writing, I get a lot of answers um, in corporate worship. So again, that's, there's a biblical principle to uh, that also worship quiets the mind. Tongues won't quiet the mind, but when your uh, your mind is racing, uh, your emotions are involved, you feel like something is a complicated problem in the middle of a trial, the prayer of worship is, is really needs to be your first go-to so that your, your mind is quieted and you can receive answers a little bit faster rather than intercession, supplication, and all the other eight kinds of prayer, which you all know what they are. And if you don't, then uh, attend the prayer class and you'll Learn on that. So while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me now for Barnabas and Saul, the work on which I to have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they put their hands on them. So uh, that you can tell that they, they didn't just end there. 
they kind of confirmed this by continuing to fast and pray, and they were sure uh, they heard from the Lord. So sometimes when you feel like you get a word from the Lord or you get an instruction, it's okay to, to check that. Like I know Pastor would say, um, if you've sat in any of his instruction classes, that he checks like three times on the inside if, if he's going to give a word to somebody. He'll dismiss it, comes back, dismiss it, come back. Because sometimes uh, you want to make sure that it's, uh, you're just checking, is this the right time? Um, is this to be done publicly or privately? So there's checks and balances going on on the inside of you. And so, if you, again, in your own personal life, if you've gotten something from the Lord, you want to take the time to weigh it against the word. I want to take the time to get uh, counsel on it. And so uh, they didn't immediately just run off with that. And they're saying there's a measuring device. They went back to confirm that and continue to fast and pray together. They probably confirmed that with one another before they went ahead and acted on it. So this is a really helpful passage on measuring not only uh, how to get answers and in what ways and how you can get them more of them faster, but then also your check and balances for it in just two verses there. Yes? Okay, so uh, the prayer of worship and thanksgiving uh, of praise. First of all, I find this an easy one. Would you guys say it's definitely fun and easy? You're not like, okay, what was the imprecatory prayer? And (laughs) does that apply here? And, you know, am I pushing all all the buttons? Okay, so the prayer of praise and worship, it just should be a natural flow of um, the gratitude of our lives. Um, Most of the time it is going to come out in song, but it's not necessarily limited to song. Don't put that in a box because when we put God's word in our mouth, it's worshipful to say, you know, Father, I'm just going to read a psalm. If the psalm is just extolling God and magnifying him, and even though you think David pinned that, put that in your mouth so that you can worship God with scripture. There's nothing God's going to like better. It's not like you got to think all this stuff up and your mind's going blank. But uh, it's, in other words, the rule is not that it must be sung, but uh, most of the time it's just going to come out in a song, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Does that make sense? Okay. But again, don't get all caught up in, in rules. Personally, I don't have any rhythm and can't carry a tune. Um, but I find that God most of the time just makes me sing it. So I think he just likes to laugh, apparently, according to his word. He sits in the heavens, he laughs, or he likes to just irritate the people next to me. I don't know. <laughs> um, it'll be remedied when I have my glorified body, but until then, y'all can have... Have a little more. I try not to create a public disturbance with that as much as possible, but it is what it is, right? Um, John four twenty four. I love this in the Greek. It says, God is a spirit, which means he is a current of air, a blast of breath, a superhuman breeze. They that worship, which means to kiss, adore, and prostrate oneself in homage must worship him in spirit and in truth. So that certainly is a lot more uh, pictorial than even just the Amplified. Um, so it's a, it's a good time to hear God's voice. It's a good time to receive a miracle from uh, the Lord. What were Paul and Silas doing when they received their deliverance? Worshiping. Um, and often people are like, well, you know, the whole story about uh, Barnabas fell off the pages of the book. Law of replacement with Silas because Barnabas was determined to have his way, wanted to take his nephew, John Mark, and Paul said no. Paul was not mad at John Mark. John Mark had bailed on a missions trip. Paul knew that uh, John Mark was not ready to give the right answer in a trial. So uh, worship is the right answer in the face of a trial, and he knew what they were going to face. Silas was prepared for that. Um, and God won't take you to a place you're not ready for, but many Christians, uh, and we'll say they, not us, push 
past God and authority to demand to be taken to a place or be put in a place that they were not prepared for. So John Mark was not prepared to give the right answer at worship and praise when he would be in stocks and bonds, and Paul, Paul knew that. Later, John Mark was who he called for. He was very useful. John Mark just needed some time to grow and learn and be mature. Silas was prepared to go through that experience. Um, but what we learn from that is when you're determined to have your own way, you fall off the pages of the book. And the law of replacement comes in there. So we hear uh, more about Silas, but nothing more about Barnabas. Worship positions you in a place that you're not determined to have your own way to. It's a place of humility. So it helps you receive an answer simply because you've postured yourself to be. Uh, it takes humility to worship. So you've automatically created an open listening posture. Does that make sense? Um, we see Jehoshaphat did the same thing. Uh, he had to go out against an army in the Old Testament. It was a characteristic of the early church in Revelation. Uh, we see a whole book of praise, the, uh, Psalms, the entire book on David. God's power was demonstrated constantly through praise. So um, the praise of prayer and worship. So as we're praying for these things tonight, and this is what the Lord gave me, we're going to pray for our pastor specifically because as, excuse me, as we're praying, our time zone is that that we're a bit ahead of him. So he, we will have prayed for him tonight before he steps on the platform. So um, we have an opportunity to sow into these people's lives for a greater level of glory by undergirding him. And I mentioned that to him today. He was very excited about coveting our prayers. And then the church, that's obviously um, LFC. And that always encompasses the members, their finances, their health, the growth, all the things that would encompass that. And missions is obviously is really around the corner for us. And again, that uh, encompasses the team members, their health, their finances. Um, big thing this year, guys, airlines. Pastor's flight was just delayed three hours alone you know, yesterday. So these complications with the airlines mechanically, we can't have those kind of delays when you're trying to enroute people from multiple states to get on that same flight and get out in a country, can't have them arriving in a country on different days or at different times. So a lot of our faith on the mission field goes to just getting there together on time with all our luggage with no delays, huge portion of our faith. That's why uh, we, we covet uh, the prayers. And so we want to undergird them in a couple prayer sessions. Does that sound good? Okay. So, uh, we're going to get ready to pray. And so all I'm going to do is what, you know, pastor and I normally do. I'll just pray a little bit first on number one and I'll pray, uh, in the method of the prayer of praise and worship. And you can hear, uh, what that might sound like a bit. No rules doesn't sound like, and then y'all take your turn with you're praying in English, the word you're praying in tongues, but, uh, along the lines of making it a, a, a prayer of praise and worship. Does that make sense? Okay. And so those of you that want to give it a try and give it a try. Okay. 